0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. This is going to be a talk on mesenteric ischemia, which is a topic that's becoming more and more important because of the patients we see in the ER, including an older population. It's an important diagnosis because if you make it correctly, the patient can be managed correctly and often will survive. And if the uh, diagnosis is delayed, the morbidity and mortality is indeed very high. When you speak about intestinal ischemia, We really tend to consider things on two sides of the street, arterial and venous. Arterial is one we typically think about, occlusion of the vessels, maybe due to atherosclerotic disease. We see narrowing of the vessels, or perhaps embolic phenomena, endocarditis, with an acute occlusion, often with no vessel disease otherwise noted, and trauma occasionally. We then think of venous disease, whether it's venous thrombosis, or perhaps portal hypertension, or something like estrogen use. An article by Muscata a couple years back, the causes of intestinal ischemia can be occlusive or non-occlusive. Occlusive are due to embolic or thrombotic occlusion of arterial or venous structures and make up about 80% of cases. Up to half of intestinal infarctions are caused by embolic phenomena of the SMA in patients with cardiac pathology while about 60% of cases of ischemia are caused by arterial thrombosis. So uh, SMA becomes a very critical structure in this scenario. Venous thrombosis accounts for about 15% of all intestinal ischemia cases. Most frequent cause of venous infarction is due to closed loop bowel obstruction, that internal hernia with volvulus. This event not, does not lead to vascular thrombosis, but to twisting of the loops on their pedicle which produces severe venous stasis. So arterial venous can be the problem for us, and we need to look at both of these very carefully. This article by Moscati, again, non-occlusive causes 20 to 30% of ischemia. In these forms, there is significant reduction of blood flow within the arteries and veins, shock, heart failure, abnormal blood concentration, neurogenic vasodilatation, vasoconstriction secondary to drugs, Uh, are the reasons we see non-occlusive bowel infarction in most cases. The article also goes on to say that bowel infarction is an uncommon but underestimated cause of non-traumatic acute abdomen and early diagnosis is indeed crucial. CT is a fundamental imaging technique that must be promptly performed in all patients with acute abdomen and suspected ischemia. And so that becomes very much the management question. You know, you need to really err on the side of doing a CT scan because if you don't, it may be too late by the time you do it. There was an article by Letta Mackey in European Journal of Radiology where the study was to evaluate the ability of ER radiologists to detect acute mesenteric ischemia on CT in patients with abdominal pain and to identify factors affecting the radiologist's interpretation and patient outcome. Their conclusion was that acute mesenteric ischemia is underdiagnosed in the CT if there is no clinical suspicion, okay? Remember, so if it's just an abdominal pain and no one says out ischemia, it's often missed. The referring clinician had suspected mesenteric ischemia in 30 cases prior to imaging. The crucial findings uh, were seen on CT and commented on in 97% of the cases. If not, the corresponding rate was 81%. So it's about 16% different. Patients without suspicion of uh, mesenteric ischemia prior to CT were more prone to undergo bowel resection. CT protocol was optimal with dual-phase imaging in only about a third of cases. So one thing that is very important, and we talk about this all the time, is protocols. If the protocol is not a good protocol, you may not make the right diagnosis. When you're thinking about intestinal ischemia, you're really not certain why the patient might have intestinal ischemia in most cases. Is it on the arterial side or the venous side? Doing dual-phase imaging really allows you to be certain that you're gonna make the right diagnosis. All of the, in the article on the ACR appropriateness criteria commented that CTA is a fast and non-invasive study, high sensitivity and specificity in acute and chronic mesenteric ischemia, and should be the first-line test in most cases. He goes on to say that CT allows accurate evaluation of the entire GI and GU tract, helping to exclude most of the other causes of acute or chronic abdominal pain, ranging from cold to diverticulitis to stone disease. So. This article makes the point that we all do know, and other articles have made the point as well, but it's a very good article. The fact is that when you're looking for intestinal ischemia with abdominal pain, there are many other causes for the patient's abdominal pain, and CT's global. We can look at all of those causes. And again, in terms of the ACR appropriateness criteria, CT got a nine. Nine's as high as you can get, okay? Got a higher score than angiography, higher than MRA. So it is really the study to do. Uh, when you look at a little bit more of that information from that Olive article, CTA is helpful in stratifying patients to those who would benefit from angio as opposed to those who should undergo emergent surgery. Again, triaging patients, one of the strengths of CT. Overall, combining vascular findings with the appearance of the bowel wall resulted in specificity of 94% and sensitivity of 96% for determining ischemic bowel. So that indeed is very impressive, again look at those numbers, CTA with 3D volume re- re-imaging or reformatting, sensitivity and specificity 96 and 94% for chronic mesenteric ischemia. Again, it should be considered as a first-line alternative to angiography for diagnostic purposes. So, the results of CT are indeed strong, and here's the article again from the ACR for chronic mesenteric ischemia, basically giving you a 9 as well with CT. So, CT is really the study of choice in this scenario. Anything else delays the diagnosis and can potentially be fatal. Now, we mentioned that the key thing usually is arterial occlusion that depending on the article you read, 60-80% to of cases of bottle ischemia can be arterial embolism or arterial thrombosis. With embolism usually in the mid-vessel and proximal involvement usually due to thrombosis. So that can sometimes help. Now, again, when you're trying to do a study, we talk about protocols, thin sections are critical. We also comment that dual phase imaging is critical. No, we do not routinely do non-contrast, nor do we do delayed phase, usually 30 seconds and about 60 to 70 seconds. Coming back gives you both the arterial and venous phase, and we get all the information we need. It's important also to recognize that the imaging goes beyond just acquisition to display. So we use everything from axial to coronal and sagittal to curved planar reconstructions to volume rendering and MIP. And you can see sometimes the diagnosis is easy. This case, big clot in the patient's proximal SMA. I just got the images just perfect. And you can see it on the sagittal view as well. This was a thrombus occluding acutely the SMA, beautifully shown also on 3D imaging. We talk about the ability to detect thrombus in 3D In this study, the patient's SMA looks perfect till you're about 10 centimeters plus down and there's a focal defect, a a clot, right in the patient's SMA. You can see the soft clot on the image on your left, the sagittal, but the 3D imaging very nicely shows you the good-looking SMA, then all of a sudden it stops and is occluded by a thrombus. So again, a very important finding and one that indeed allows you to look at the imaging correctly and here's just. Again, rotating that data set around, look how nicely I'm able to show the occlusion. This is an acute occlusion. Uh, They may go in and operate and try to suck up that clot. Uh, It can be difficult, particularly if it's far down in the vessel, as this case would be. Now, as I mentioned, one of the challenges to us is not every case comes down for intestinal ischemia. Sometimes we make that decision ourselves. Abdominal pain, unexplained patient doing poorly, and they're an older patient, we're always thinking about ischemia, so we times will err on the side to think about it, or at least to be able to exclude it. And this patient had right lower quadrant pain, and in fact, the thought might have been in a uh, missed appendicitis. You see, on the arterial phase imaging, everything looks good, but then looking carefully, look at the vessel there. Okay, that vessel is—you know—what is that vessel that I'm circling? Well, there we go, and now we're in venous phase, and you can see very nicely that the uh, the patient's vessels are defined. That's the patient's SMA and SMV. The SMA is not enhancing. It's decreased or delayed or just no enhancement at all. And these are late phase images. And you can see there's just no flow in the vessels. You can see it from the sagittal view as well, uh, basically occlusion of the patient's SMA. Now you could see that the very first part of the SMA is probably okay on the next set of images, but you can see the abrupt cutoff. Now you have to be very careful. It's very easy to miss thrombus because the vessel may look good proximally, then when you follow it down, you run into trouble. And in this case, you see the occlusion, patient was treated aggressively, medically, and you can see the patient just about five days later where the vessels look really good, the SMA is widely patent. Now, we've had cases like this which um, also tell you a very important point. The patient's abdominal pain, and we did consider ischemia as a possibility. When you look at the small bowel, it looks to me like the bowel is dilated, and this study almost looks like a non contrast CT. You're not seeing a lot of enhancement. Now, when you look at the, the coronals, you do see what looks like maybe some pneumatosis in the patient's small bowel, perhaps. Now, the money is when you look at the patient's sagittal view, look at that sagittal view. The SMA looks perfect for about 2CM, then it's occluded. Now, what happens is we often see the proximal SMA and say, oh, vessel looks good next case. Here, if you did that, and it was initially done by one of the fellows, you would have read this as negative. But then look at the occlusion. Patient went to surgery. The cloud was removed. There's the image on the right. Show you the patient's vasculature. So when done correctly, this patient had no evidence of infarcted bowel. You can imagine what a disaster this would have been. But here, the patient did very well. Another example, look how nicely you see the proximal SMA and it looks normal. Then look at the SMA a few centimeters down, it's occluded. You see, in this case, the bowel looks thickened, which would go along with ischemic bowel. When they went in, they um, basically removed the clot. Then they watched the bowel become pink. The bowel was viable. They did not need to resect bowel. So sometimes you get very lucky. But here's a great example of an acute occlusion Look how easy this to miss. Look how normal the SMA and the celiac look, except for this occlusion, and this was due to an embolic phenomena. Another example: when you look at these cases quickly, you see the SMA and you see the SMV. They look good, but then when you follow it downward, look at the patient's SMV. You see there's a little bit of enhancement, and then you follow it down some more on the sagittal view. Kind of comes down the SMA, but then it abruptly stops. I mean, you look hard, there's a soft tissue mass there. Right there, okay, what is going on there? So it's very important when you're looking for ischemia or almost anything, make sure that you see the entire vessel. You know, if a part looks normal, you can't extrapolate out the rest as normal. Often you can see here the clots are more distal. So again, a very important pitfall. Again, don't assume anything. Because you don't see a thrombus, that a thrombus is not present, unless you've optimally visualized the entire vessel. Now, I learned this also, I was reviewing this malpractice case, patient died. Well, you look at the bowel, you see dilated bowel, it looks like it's dilated bowel. Then what about the mesenteric vessels? Image on your left, you see the the, the, uh, axials, you see the SMV and the SMA look good. But then you follow it down and look how the SMA tapers off or in the coronal view, Here's, I'll show you again, look at that big dilated loop of small bowel, the prominent vessels. Here is the the axial view again with a circle on it. Look how nicely you see the occlusion of the patient's SMA, okay? That's the feeding vessel. And here again, that same thing in sagittal view. This patient lost his case because the findings were there. The fact, you know, you had um, uh, maybe a less than perfect study because the contrast injection wasn't that good makes it hard. On the other hand you need to look very carefully or you'll make tremendous mistakes. Now in terms of ischemic bowel we also talk about closed-loop obstruction and I mentioned we have a closed-loop obstruction can lead to a volvulus which leads to ischemia. You get impairment of venous outflow followed by arterial ischemia. Great example here dilated loops of bowel in the left upper quadrant. The loops are thickened, This focal ascites, the bowel is distended, the patient's abdomen is distended. This was an internal hernia in the left upper quadrant by Freeman of Winslow. Look how nice it shows here, the lack of enhancement compared to other bowel, lack of any true enhancement with the IV contrast. Again, the twisting of those mesenteric vessels you see in the midline. And you can see here as well, from arterial to venous, the extent of the bowel disease. Um, in terms of etiology, what you're dealing with here is, is basically the bowel has gone into an internal hernia. You have, a, you have a mid-gut volvulus. The bowel is ischemic. Prominent folds and lack of enhancement. Just a beautiful example. And to show you that again in another zone, here, look at these loops of bowel in the lesser sac. Okay, it's a lesser sac hernia. See the bowel is not enhancing very well. When you look at the coronal, look at the mesenteric veins and arteries. They're all edematous. It's like a fan type appearance. And you can see that here as well. Look at the stretching of the vessels, very nicely shown in these examples. And you can see as we scroll through the data set, the transition as you follow down, you see the dilated bowel, you see the engorgement of the mesentery, you see the engorgement of the mesenteric vessels very nicely shown on those axial images. Then you come over and you go over to the patient's um, coronals and sagittal imaging, and you'll see very much the same process. You'll see the same thing. So right here, you can see very nicely on the coronal view. You can see the patient's thickening. You can see the bowels abnormal. Again, we scroll through the data sets. It's an important point to make is that I do feel much more comfortable in any case, particularly these complex cases, looking for transitions when I'm doing things interactively. The ability to go forward and go back is far better than looking at individual linear slices. Again, going back to that Olivi, CTA is a fast and non-invasive high sensitivity and high specificity in diagnosing acute and chronic mesenteric ischemia and as a first-line study. So we've gone through a number of different things. I've gone through uh, some of the arterial and venous issues. We spoke about some of the possibilities, and we spoke about why this is an important diagnosis. I should also mention, I didn't make any detailed comments about it, but in terms of patient preps, the oral contrast is ideal. Uh, We use um, water for oral contrast agent in doing these patients. If you don't use water and use positive contrast, you're going to miss a lot of the signs, including GI bleeding. So water becomes very important. Uh, the technique is just so important in terms of interpretation. Also, then how we look at the study, the importance of MIP and volume rendering and sliding NPRs. So all of that's important. And again, for this diagnosis, unless you're meticulous, you're going to miss the diagnosis. And with that, thank you very much.